health and fitness with David Hollywood. Finland's 103. Hello and welcome to this week's health and fitness with me, David Hollywood. Coming up in the show, you're going to meet a man who's celebrating a personal milestone by taking on a remarkable challenge. We have Dr. Diane Cooper back on the airways to talk about a vital health issue that will affect approximately two and a half million people in this country. And we ask how important is it for your doctor to be nice to you? Yeah, first on the show on health and fitness this week, we are looking at that man celebrating a personal milestone and uh, uh, what a way to do it as well as I just change my desk. So I've got enough microphones here and I'm going to bring in Peter Smith Tullamore, man. Uh, Peter, uh, you reached a personal milestone uh, turning uh, 40 just in September, just gone. Tell us what you decided to get up to. Yeah, so for, for my 40th birthday, rather than going out and having a big session in the pub with all the boys, I decided to do a charity event and try and raise money for a local charity. So I'm going to get my pastime, which is uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and decided to do 40 rounds of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for turning 40, all in <laughs> aid of Dokus. 40 rounds of... Uh, how long are those rounds, tell us? They're 45-minute rounds. So be a, a standard kind of a bout as such and most of the competitions I've taken part in over the last couple of years. Okay, that says a lot to me. First of all, what it speaks to is your personal connection with the sport and with with the martial art of jiu-jitsu. That must mean something to you in the extreme to take this on. Well, it's something I found obviously late in life. I only kind of came to it in the last four years. It was kind of something I took on more so. My kids got involved and uh, I liked liked what was going on. I had stopped playing uh, team sports at this stage. I was getting older hmm. I wasn't quite able to keep up and uh, yeah, they were very welcoming in there and invited me in and took me under their wing and I'm still there four years later and enjoying it now and even competing now again Like, so, yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to you about what it's like to be in the gym environment and all that side of things but uh, firstly I want to ask you um, your chosen charity you're, you're going to be raising money for Docus uh, what, why did you want to do that? Um, I suppose uh, like most people like cancer has hit everybody in some shape or form and um like that I've lost a couple of family members in recent years and most of them have had great support in the background from charities like Docus and I just thought it was just a very, very important charity locally for people here and I thought it was the right thing to do. Yeah, the charity does mean a lot to people uh, in and around the parts of the Midlands I've noticed as well. I'm going to bring John Conroy from Docus. You're the service manager with Docus, John. Um, what Peter just said there about what the service means to him and what he did allude to there as well as about how cancer does and has touched most of us um, it's in your role it just it must kind of keep you going on a week to week basis when you come across Peter, uh, people like Peter in that regard yeah it, like it, it, it thanks a million for having us on um, it's great to be able to promote Docus in any in any sense that we get um, you know like it, it's a true privilege working in a place like Docus and then when Peter comes in and does a challenge like that it, it means so much to us because we don't get any core government funding so um, 
any fundraisers that we get is really, really appreciated um, because our service has exploded over the last two years. I was on with Vinny last week on mm. the Saturday View um, just talking about the lack of funding, the lack of finances that we get and the, the issues that we have. So, uh, you know, when Peter came in, it was it was great to to do it. And I'm also a member of um, SPG CrossFit in Tullamore myself. So it was great uh, when Peter came in. I was like, oh, yeah, let's let's do this. It's I can great. see now this is just lads scheming uh, in between. <laughs> Uh, bouts of, um, of of circuit training and coming up with this, but it is it's it's great to see. And uh, our third guest on this particular story is Kieran Davern, who's the owner and head coach at SBG Tullamore. Kieran, you know, working and running that gym, it must be uh, great as well to see something like this um, come to fruition whilst people are there. You know, um, doing their martial arts or 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 or, or doing their their training—that stuff like this can happen as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's brilliant. Um, I suppose that's one of the, the the biggest benefits of I suppose um you know our our team and you know the the gym as a whole. It's a it's a community within a community, and um you know the lads have obviously got together amongst themselves and decided to you know to to organise it and you know obviously to donate the money to a great great charity and that. So it's a yeah, it's brilliant. You know, it's just one of one of the um positive things of uh, running a gym I'd say there's no shortage of them in a lot of respects and no shortage of stresses as well uh, we might touch on that as well Peter just before we take a breather here um, give me an idea of the kind of training that you're doing at the moment uh, have you changed in terms of the training and the workload to, to, to build up for this yeah my workload has changed a lot like where I was kind of at the start I was more of a casual maybe going in and doing a couple of sessions a week when we kind of have a competition in there's a competition team so whenever there's a competition on you kind of maybe increase your workload so you'll be going maybe extra training sessions now I'm in there anywhere between five six days a week between either doing mat work or whether trying to do some strength conditioning and when I'm not there I'm at home doing some form of either stretching stretching or strength conditioning training I've looked enough we have Shane Smith from the combat lab as well who's based in the gym as well who's been looking after all my dietary needs as well so like, yeah, it's been a hard 10 weeks with one more week to go. How do you feel in terms of the event then? Do you feel as ready as you could possibly do? Or do you feel as strong as you've ever felt? Um, Like, I'm excited. Like, the body is going to do what the body can do on the day. <laughs> um, we've had a couple of test runs and we've, um, well, we've kind of gotten through them and without any major problems. So, like... What's, a, what's, a, what's 40 rounds when you've been training for all this time now at this stage? I think it's best you don't actually answer that question. Kieran, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, how would you evaluate Peter's prep for, for the event? Yeah, I think um, you know, one, of the, one of the big positive things that has come out of this as well, you know, um, apart from the obvious, you know, organising money for uh, charity and, and uh, you know, testing himself. And I think that um, when, as Peter set a goal, um, I, I've, seen him, I've seen the improvements with him over the last few weeks. And like say, if he didn't get you know, if he didn't get anything out of this, only the improvements that he's made, kind of like uh, physically and technically and everything else, um, I think it'd be a huge achievement. You know, so he, he should be proud for all the work he's putting. He's, he's putting some serious work. Yeah, there's 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 that halo effect as well. Apart from doing the great thing of raising money and uh, the charity of it, um, you're bringing a few other things up along with it, including your kind of your physical health and, and um, where you are with that. We're going to talk more about, uh, I suppose, uh, martial arts and um supporting Docus in the second half of this conversation when we return Health and Fitness with David Hollywood Fitness 103 
Welcome back to the programme. I am joined in studio by Tullamore's Peter Smith, John Conroy of Docus, and from SBG Tullamore, uh, Kieran Davern. And uh, what we're talking about is uh, Peter Smith taking on uh, 40 jiu-jitsu bouts, five-minute rounds uh, for the celebration of turning 40, but for raising funds uh, for Docus. Uh, Peter, I want to bring it back to the sport uh, for a moment <laughs> and and um, what it is that you connect with about jiu-jitsu. Talk to us about some of the benefits there because it's very different uh, in terms of how it works as a sport, be it the impacts that aren't involved in it, the strains and stresses that do exist within it. It's a super technical sport as well. Yeah, like um, like I, I'd say Kieran will allude to this anyway later on, but like the sport itself, as much as there's a physical aspect of obviously the martial art, like there's a mental aspect as well because like one of the things that I've learned when you're on the mat when it comes to taking part in the sport, if you're not switched on to what's going on in class or in a round or anything else or a competition, you can lose yourself very quickly in it. Like it's, you can have all the strength and all the knowledge of the sport, but if you just don't have it switched on on the day, like it can be, <laughs> it can be tough. So mindfulness, like being present in the moment, that kind of stuff must be developed alongside all the physical, technical stuff. Oh yeah, like uh, when it comes to the mind, mindfulness enough of it, like stuff, like it's it's so beneficial and that sort of thing. Like, like the physical aspects of it, obviously the training and everything else, like it works the body so well, but. Just physically, it's 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 not it's not just that like the mental side of it. Like for myself personally, it just just a sheer rel- not necessarily release, but the rel- relaxation in it. Like being able to just switch off from everything else, no matter how good or how bad things are in the background. Knowing that time when you're in there on the mat, that you just switch on and just to what's there and just in the moment and just enjoy the moment and everything that's going on there. Really, Kieran. Um as the head coach at SBG is what Peter says there something you recognize that people get this ability to switch off mentally from the world outside the gym and um, it can almost act as a bit of a refuge for everyone in that regard yeah, I agree 100% um, so Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is basically for, for anyone who doesn't know it's a it's a martial art um, it's it's a grappling art uh, that focuses on uh, focuses on submissions so um, choke holds and different types of locks um you know, involved in the joints and that type of stuff. Mm. So, so the obvious is it's a martial art, but it's also a sport. Um, it's a community. It's kind of like a way of life. There's there's so much you can you you, you get from it. You know what I mean? And um, say at, at the kind of higher levels, when when you play jiu-jitsu against uh, someone else or you compete against uh, someone else, there's so many different ways that you can tap someone. You can get tapped. So it's literally like human chess. So I think what um, Peter is saying is like you you have no time to think about anything else because you can only be present in the moment, and it's kind of like it's a, it's it's very it's I'm sure it's like anyone that um you know say participates in sport or maybe even art or something like that it's it's when you get into that flow state is when you're at your best and you're not thinking about anything else so I hundred percent agree. And I'm curious then, um, mixed martial arts uh, is 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 uh, obviously a compendium of 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 different disciplines and so on. Yep. Um and. Uh, I'd be right in saying SBG have an MMA uh, aspect to we, we have an MMA program and a striking program uh, a grappling and a, a fitness program and when it comes to something like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu where does it sit in your own personal kind of list of, of, of martial arts and, and how much have you engaged with it yourself personally um, so I, I've been involved in martial arts since I was 7 years of age and I've been doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu about 17 years uh, okay. I'm a black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu under John Kavanagh so John Kavanagh's uh, Conor McGregor's coach um, 
so I I, I can I compete at a professional level in uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I used to fight professional uh, in MMA. Mm. Now I kind of I'm more focused on the the coaching side of of things and uh, and and competing in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu alone. So no no more MMA or anything like that. Um, so last week for or last weekend for example we had a girl uh, from Tullamore. She won the European Championships, which is huge. Like it's 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 legitimate European Championships. Her name's Marie, Marie Kennedy, and not only did she win her weight division, so she she competes at brown belt 60, 60 kg. Mm. She 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 won gold in her division, and then she won gold in the absolute division. So the absolute division is basically all girls, all weights from lightweight up to heavyweight. And Marie won uh, double gold in Rome last weekend. So, um. So, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm heavily, heavily involved. It's, it's, it's my life. Do you know what I mean? And it's something I do every day. I can see from how you're telling us about the achievements of Marie that that this stuff, um, it lands on you one way or the yeah. other, and 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 it's great that you can carry that pride on afterwards. Yeah. And I imagine then that 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 has a a cycle effect. It just keeps on building the momentum in terms of what you're doing as a coach. Yeah, um, it definitely does. Like we've we've so many we've you know there's, there's so many uh, great stories in the gym, and whether whether it's on the the fitness side of you know someone could come in say uh, 100 kilos and and six months later they could be 70 70 kilos with a six pack just through just through their own hard work and dedication. Do you know what I mean? There's no there's no secret. There's loads of great gyms around. Um, but there's loads of great stories like that, and um, like even stories like say we take kids in from four years of age up to adults, like say any age. Yeah. Um, and there's so many different stories with kids that were bullied in school and stuff like that, and their parents would kind of bring them to us, and um, not necessarily that the kids would would fight back the bullies or anything like that, but the killy the the kids develop a confidence where they where they're not going to be picked on as easy, or or they have the confidence to walk away from a fight or or, or stand up for themselves. Um. So there's there's loads of great stories. While you're in here, actually. It's worth clearing up a couple of things that people might have misconceptions about. Firstly, about martial arts, and secondly, about jujitsu. Yeah. Um, and and probably the first thing there is that the um, the overarching message uh, when people are being trained in martial arts has got nothing to do with conflict necessarily. Yeah. It's it's more about um, your your own physical state, your 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 mind state, and there's a huge um, thread of respect that's stitched through all the teaching as well. Yeah, it's huge. Like, say for example, um, like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is a uh, huge in America. It's big in the UK. It. Um, I was in Abu Dhabi last year coaching uh, at the World Championships, and um, they have made it their national sport. So in schools, they all the kids learn Brazilian wow. Jiu-Jitsu. So the sheiks have decided that this is this this is the sport that they want their kids to learn. Um. I I've I've two kids. Uh, one one's only a little toddler, but the other one's six years of age, and he's been he's been in it since. Like, see, he's he, he's able to sit on the mat. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, the reason why I want him to do martial arts is not necessarily to to compete or to even to know how to handle himself. But um, I believe that if just the lessons you learn and being like humbled and grounded every day, it just kind of changes you as a person. And it's just like you have that you have that kind of um, you get that release every day, and um, it kind of you you can't pretend when you're on the mat. Does that make sense? So you're either you're either you're either good or you're either having a good day or you're not. And mm. if someone if you're say if you're if you're if you're better than someone and on that day they get a submission or something like or something like that on you, you just have to be humble enough to tap and then go again. So it keeps you grounded. It's very good. Um, there's loads of kind of um, you know positives. You're not the first person to speak to the positive culture of of um, the martial arts gyms. Uh, since I've been sitting in this seat presenting this show, uh, I want to ask John Conroy, who's here on behalf of Docus as the service manager. John, uh, you were saying you've been in this gym. Uh, you did the uh, kind of circuit training there. Um, 
what's the atmosphere like from uh, from your perspective? What was it like when you arrived there? It's been brilliant since day one. Um, I've gone through a number of gyms myself, a number of exercise programs, but I have to say the community in the CrossFit gym in Tullamore is is brilliant. Um, you know, I haven't been in in the last few weeks. Got married a few weeks ago. Oh, congrats! Um, so I'd say Mike is probably raising an eyebrow, going, "That lad is a member, is he?" <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm coming back on Monday, and I've said it on radio. So there we go. Have you got uh, the fear? Yeah. I, I... <laughs> oh no, complete fear. Yeah, 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 that's the only reason I haven't been in the last couple of weeks. Fitness gone out the window. But um, no, they've been brilliant, and it, like it's it's just it, it there is a fabulous community with it. There's great people there, and I think that's when Peter came to us to ask to do it. Mm. I, I've always not like I'm I'm a member now about a year and a half and I've always known of the community like you know Kieran has done a lot of fundraising in the community um, so you know when they come with a proposal to do a fundraiser for Docus that it's legit it's going to be really well run and they're, they, they put their heart into it so yeah we're really excited about next week Next week is hopefully going to be a big help to Docus mm. and from what I understand and from the coverage that the charity has received particularly over the last sort of 10 days is that um it, it needs all the support it can get. You're facing a significant funding shortfall at the moment. Yeah, so we've we've seen a huge increase in um, demand for services this year. We're up about 98% on 2022, and 2022 was up about 138%. Just on that, is, is this related to um, the kind of bottleneck of cancer discovery after... Um, Con, 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 consultative uh, meetings and and scans and all that were put on pause during the pandemic, or, I, I, or it certainly we don't has. Know? Well, look, it's a contributory factor. Okay. Absolutely, yeah. Um, the Irish Cancer Society are saying in the medium to long term we're going to see a higher prevalence of cancer in the community, and that's a given. And now we're looking at one in two people getting a cancer diagnosis in their life. So you know those stats are quite startling. Um, and the the. The demand that we're seeing isn't going away. We're certainly not seeing a slowdown at all. Mm. So with that comes funding difficulties. We went from in 2021 being a part-time service to a full-time service. Um, and only about 8% of our budget comes from uh, core government funding. And it's not it's not core government. It's, you know, it's annual grants. So again, when we're planning for 2024, it's absolutely impossible for us to make any sort of a budget plan for 2024. We very much rely on the community and... Um, it is an, a sad indictment really that we do heavily depend on people to do fundraisers for us to keep our doors open because the value of the service that we provide is is exceptional um, and it, I it's almost like because we've come across it before in the newsroom in, in, in this radio station that yeah. the fundraising spirit in this country is like unreal you know people are so happy to give up their time and as Peter's doing uh, to put their own personal uh, celebrations into a, a, a community-based fundraising effort. Are we almost punished for that? Because then services aren't funded properly through uh, what would, in maybe in other countries, be more traditional methods like through the state. I suppose it's a hard thing to answer. It is. Look, I suppose as a nation, we have the highest per capita of, in, in terms of donations. So it, it, across the world, we are the most the generous case. nation in, in the world. Um, and it's because of that that we are able to run charities like Docus and you know all the other incredible charities like Peter could have done it for any amount of charities in Tullamore there is a number of charities that do exceptional work um, so Docus is, is really really appreciates all the support it's, it's a difficult one to answer like I suppose from our perspective we're fighting for core government funding so that we can 
plan better. We yeah. need to drive forward our service. We need to be able to expand our services. Um, like at the moment, we're we're at capacity, but we we we're we're not going to turn anyone away. Um, but if we continue to see the level of demand that we're seeing, difficult decisions going to have to be made in certain parts of our services that we we run. Um, and we don't like. We, Please don't let let that think that we we will turn somebody away. We won't. Uh, we absolutely won't. Um, but it, that's the the harsh reality, I suppose. Following on from the coverage that we did get over the last ten days, the HSC has been in touch with us. Yes, I, I heard this, <laughs> which is great. So we have got acknowledgement, and they are going to arrange a meeting, which is fantastic news. And we also did get confirmation from Michal Martin that. 2.75 million was being given to the, the alliance, so the 21 centres that I've been on the working group with. Now, again, we don't know what that looks like, and that absolutely doesn't change our position because it's nowhere near the 10 million that we asked for. Mm. So that's what it, 10 million is what's required to run 21 centres across this, the, the, the country, which is a drop in the ocean considering it's 22 billion that the HSC receive on a, a yearly basis. Um, so we're getting 2.75. So it doesn't change our position in relation to fundraising. And I think we need to be, that message needs to be heard loud and clear as well. Peter's fundraiser is absolutely vital for us, even if we do get any sort of funding. We're still going to be in a very difficult position next year. What uh, What do people do if they get uh, that kind of um, light bulb moment and decide to subject themselves to forty rounds of whatever, uh, and and they want to raise <laughs> funds for Dokas? Uh, what 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 way do people get in touch with yourself? It's then? It's very simple. Just pop into the office into me. Um, you can give us a call. Um, or visit our website. Any of our social media channels as well. Somebody will answer you back. We're We're happy to field any any sort of calls. When Peter approached us, we hadn't received anything like that before in relation to that sort cool, of a proposal. Okay. Um, so it's great. Like, um, So we love the outside-the-box things because they, they, they pique people's interest. Um, and like we appreciate every fundraiser, but it's great to get something new because then you know people are like, oh, right, yeah, this, this sounds good. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw this lad 20 euro. He's mad for doing what he's doing. But <laughs> well, this is it. And, and we're hopeful, uh, Peter, I suppose, that your adventure next weekend uh, can inspire people to to give of their time and money uh, to causes uh, like Docus. Uh, what would it mean to you to know that you're you're really helping in that regard? Look, it's just like 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 John said. Like what I'm doing is just a small drop in the ocean. What they need to to fund and do what they're doing. If whatever little help I've been able to do, I'm just just glad I've been able to do it for them. Like being perfectly honest, like. When I set out to do my fundraiser, I didn't think it was going to be... It wasn't until I sat back and realised how important it was to people like John and Dorcas and to other charities out there who re- rely on little fundraisers like what we're doing and like that. Because, like everything else, like as one of the boys said to me in work the other day, here's a few bob for your roly-polies. Like, <laughs> as, as far as he thought, he thought I was doing a couple of roly-polies down a hill. and he did, But he said it was something different and it sounded exciting and he was... All, all for support. The generosity has been fantastic. Like, like John just said to me when I went into the first world, he said, "Don't be surprised on how the generous people are." Because, like, in my head, I just did it, just just doing it for the fun and just, just to kind of get the word out there and just doing something just to give back. Really, there was no other intention of it. Really, have you been taken aback by the kind of reaction that you've gotten? It is amazing. Like, uh, like family and friends, like, will always support you. It's the further community that have gotten involved, like like Kieran and the gym, like offered up the, the availability of using the gym on the day for the fundraiser without even question. 
you know, mm. my teammates for the last 10 weeks. Like, the likes of Marie, like, they're inspirations for us in there. But, like, my teammates just on a general week-to-week get me over the line and keep me going. And, like, there'll be nights there you'll be doing it and it's just, you're kind of stressed, but to just keep you going. And it's it's great. That support means the world, oh, yeah. I imagine. But, like, it's it's important, you know, and it's it's simple, you know. It was just an idea. Rather than going for a run or going for a cycle, I said, I'm going to do something I enjoy doing and I'm going to get my friends to do it with me. And that's what we're doing. Well, I'm actually looking forward to seeing what happens after that because <laughs> not the literal consequences because you just be tired as anything. Um, no, because, you know, these are they're formative experiences in anyone's life. Turning 40 is something in and of itself, um, and which I'm sure you're uh, kind of you got you're getting your head around at the moment. Uh, but going through this kind of thing is it's going to be transcendental, I imagine. Like it's it, it, it's 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 the scale of it is, is, is really remarkable. Ah, look, uh, I, as I say, like I have two boys at home. They started when they were four and six up there in the gym with the programs that Kieran has up there. Yeah, yeah. The likes of Marie is one of the head coaches. There's Ronan up there. And these guys give their time freely to them. And the sheer work that goes in for them on the ground, and like it was what I seen back then that interested me and perked my interest to go in and try it myself. And like four years on, my kids are still there. They do kickboxing, they do jujitsu, they do the kid fit training sessions. If they've, they've had kids uh, attempting to try to do the wrestling, trying to in, introduce all these different things to them, and it's just so out there. And just the confidence my kids have from doing it is unreal. And then, like I said, it's been a tough couple of years with family. Like as much as we have the good and the bad sides of cancer and everything else, I just said to myself, it was just the most important cause I could think of at the moment that needed help and. Yeah, I'm just glad to be able to do something. Power to you for that. And uh, you've taken uh, just some of Kieran Davern's thunder there because I was going to get him to talk us through uh, what's on offer for, for firstly, uh, children who might want to get involved or their parents might want to get them involved in something like this. And uh, for adults as well, because it sounds like we might be here for another half an hour if you're to talk us through literally everything yeah. that's available, but the kind of offering that the gym does have for the people who live around the Midlands region. Yeah, so in, in, a, in a nutshell, what we do is we do a, a martial arts and fitness. So we're, we're kind of like a two-part gym. One side is kind of like, say, CrossFit, kettlebells, heat and strength and conditioning. And then the kind of martial arts side is broken down between a kids and adults program that focus on either uh, striking or grappling or fitness um, we take kids in from four years of age um, all the way up to 16 we have a program called the grown griddles program um, there's different kind of classes for different age groups and when when they turn to 17 or 18 we move them into our adults program and um, like i said there's there's been some uh, like really great stories not just like kind of sporting achievements and stuff like that in the gym uh, they're all brilliant but like say um the kind of the stories we hear, um, you know, from mammies and daddies uh, with the improvements that their kids have made. Maybe, you know, a kid might be getting bullied and the, the confidence they might have, or maybe a kid might have autism or something like that and how they're able to interact and kind of, um, you know, with the kids a lot better and stuff like this. There's loads of great stories, you know, so um, you, you can reach us on any, on any of our social media or you can call into the gym and see what it's all about. There's a free trial class, so you don't have to pay for it if you don't like it or anything like that. You can just come in and see and, and if you don't like it, you can head on. <laughs> it's uh, it's it sounds like a safe, inviting, and encouraging space, and uh, it's great to see the level of support that uh, Peter has in here this evening as he takes on this challenge, and it's great to hear about the kind of support it sounds like he's got in and around uh, the event, and just obviously 
for him being him, Peter. Uh, well done on uh, congrats on the birthday. Uh, the <laughs> very best of luck uh, for next Saturday, the 11th of November. We'll keep an eye on the SBG Tullamore uh, social channels for the documentary evidence of your struggles. <laughs> 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 and uh, thanks for coming in. And same again for uh, Doka service manager, John Conroy. The very best of luck with everything with Dokas. Thank you. And the return to the gym. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't forget about that. Uh, and Kieran Davern from SBG Tullamore, thanks, thanks as well. Uh, we'll be back after the break. Health and fitness with David Hollywood. Legends one hundred and three. You're welcome back to the program. Joining us now, founder and CEO of EduFit, a clinical physiologist a health researcher and of course a former presenter of Health and Fitness on Midlands 103 Dr Diane Cooper joins us on the programme this evening Uh, Diane thanks very much for joining us David thanks so much for having me Not at all come here Um, before we get started on our chat this evening the last time we spoke we were at a meeting of the uh, West uh, Farmers of Offaly uh, doing farming fitness Uh, what was your reflections on that day Uh, I know the farmers really I think were surprised by how much they got out of it yeah, um, you could find me anywhere, David. Yeah, it was, well, look, we we loved that day. And actually, to be honest, I got an email just recently um, to say that it, uh, it was one of the best workshops that they had had. So that was for for like for me as a, as a health practitioner, obviously, that's lovely to hear. Um, so, yeah, they were delighted. They got a lot from it. And on the day we had been speaking about kind of custom resources that they would like, you know, so they wanted strength conditioning routines for aches and pains and things that are specific to farming. So we sent all of those off. They were delighted with them and with the recipes and all of the stuff that they were looking for. So um, I link in with them now in a few weeks and I'll I'll follow up and see who actually uh, took some action, which I'm sure they will because there was such interest, as you know yourself, on the day. That's class. And uh, a big (laughs) shout out to Ronan Fury who hosted us that day. And uh, like you just said there, Diane, all you need is a couple of people to really take this seriously and it justifies the whole uh, day's effort in that respect and and they did seem really responsive to it. Um, Let's talk about what we're going to talk about this evening and uh, that's your Menowell course is going to be available and very accessible uh, to women in Leash, I suppose the Midlands generally very soon. Uh, Tell us about Menowell, the idea behind it and what's going to be available for people in Leash. Yeah, so we're really excited about this. And I'll just say an absolutely huge thank you to Leash Sports Partnership and Healthy Ireland for funding this, which actually makes it free for people to sign up to. But um, basically, the short story is I've been working with people for 20 years in this health space. And during all of that time, women have constantly been saying to me, Diane, I don't know where to go for help with the menopause. All of these things are happening to me. I don't know if it is the menopause or something else. Or And like I would often hear things like, I feel like I'm going crazy and I don't know what to do. This is a really serious thing. And of course, you know, if I move forward in the last three years, we're hearing a lot about menopause, which is fantastic. There's a lot more awareness about it. But there are still even though from the lifestyle medicine perspective, there is so much that we can do to help women in all stages of menopause. Um, But there are few programs. So basically what we did last year was um, we piloted a program with Leash Sports Partnership in uh, October of last year. Within a couple of days, 220 women had signed up. Um, We've since run a number of programs. A few thousand people have gone through Menowell at this stage. But basically, it's a six-week program. 
It is a combination of very specific health workshops. So one a week for six weeks and then very specific exercise training classes that happen in the evenings online in women's homes. Um, And we've taken all of the latest evidence. We've made it really simple and practical, and it really tackles some of the key issues that uh, women have a lot of problems with in the menopause that can really seriously impact their health. The concept you've given me there of, of people coming to you and saying that they actually feel like they're losing their mind going through some of these symptoms even to start a course like this, just to give yourself a sense of agency and control over it, even though there's probably plenty to do along the way, just starting getting something done about it. I imagine, do you find women notice they feel better about it as soon as they they, they really are facing it? Oh, absolutely. So like even like last night, I was presenting with a group in Donegal, 440 people, I think, on this program. And the comments coming in at the end of the session were, Diane, I feel like there is actually a light at the end of the tunnel. I feel like there are a lot of simple and practical and positive things that I have control over myself that can make a massive impact. And that is the truth. But of course, you know, you need to understand it and be aware of it. And that's what the course is. Um, So, yeah, like in the last year, I've gone from many, many years of women really, really badly struggling with this and not having support and guidance to in the last year working with so many women who are so grateful and thankful for this course. It's making a massive difference. And, you know, um, even if we take, we actually did a research study on this program in May. We took the program and we tested it pre and post. We we tested um, lovely women in leash. We tested their strength, their fitness, their balance, their flexibility. Of course, all of those things improved with only six weeks. Like they literally came to two sessions a week for six weeks, completely transforming everything. Like so what but what they'll say to me in response to that is um, the aches and pains are down. My mental health is up. My perceptions of my physical health are up. And then importantly, like we would have assessed like menopause has so, so many serious um and life altering symptoms for a lot of people. Mm. So we would have done a, a menopause self-assessment uh, symptoms questionnaire with that research group. And really, really importantly, all of the basically when we when we tested before and after their perceptions of their um, symptoms and the number and severity of the ones they were having are down, they're decreased. Now, this is six weeks. This is a very small amount of time in a woman's life to actually devote a bit of time to herself that has a massive impact. It's just wild to think that something like that can achieve the results it does and it's only happening in recent times rather than obviously these issues should have been women's health should have been served better historically that we we didn't get to this place but we are here now and the Menoel course is going to play an important part uh, for those uh, who engage with it in in improving uh, their physical and mental health through menopause. Uh, talk to us about some of the physical things that happen um, or physical exercises that, that women might be doing through this course because by the sounds of it, if you can improve and increase the strength, it has a knock-on effect through the body and the mind. Sure. So I'll start just really quickly with the with the problem that women have and then how it's fixed yeah, with the okay. exercise. So if I just mention a few. So, for example, once women reach menopause and we lose estrogen, we have uh, up to a five year rapid bone and muscle loss period. 
Okay, so people might not be aware of that. It's the reason why one in two women get osteoporosis and we have all sorts of problems. Um, But you can counteract that to a huge extent by doing some strength training. So therefore, in in the two exercise classes per week for six weeks, we build in whole body strength training. We start off with really simple stuff. Um, and for every exercise that we do, we give three versions. So beginner, intermediate, advanced. And it would take into consideration things that women would have, conditions they would have, you know, osteoporosis, prolapse, um, all sorts of stuff. So, you know, the, the point would be to understand that this is completely specific to this cohort of wonderful women and not to be put off by any clinical conditions or injuries or issues or whatever that you have. Um, And then another big thing, you know, it was Menopause Awareness Month this month of October and the global topic that was the theme for the month was heart health because up until menopause, we are really protected by estrogen. So our blood pressure is good, cholesterols are good, you know, heart, everything is good. Once we hit menopause, that completely changes. Um, and now we are very, very high risk of, you know, blood pressure issues, cardiovascular diseases, and it's the largest killer of postmenopausal women globally. So therefore, uh, in the exercise classes, we do cardiovascular exercises uh, to uh, basically counteract, you know, you can't say completely counteract. Mm-hmm. It helps. It helps the problem, particularly if you haven't been training. But the benefits that you get would be that it would reduce blood pressure issues it can certainly help with cholesterol problems and it can it's a really protective thing for your cardiovascular health is to get yourself fit so in a nutshell we take a lot of the big problems that are known once not just once we hit menopause but even in perimenopause which could be eight years up to eight years before that when the hormones changes start so like basically from the age of 40 on so we put all of that into the specialist exercise classes and then of course we teach women why and how to and all of that stuff in the education workshops that support the exercise classes. The education workshops, as you've put it there, um, that knowledge can be ultimately imparted down through generations beyond, say, the classes that are taking place. Uh, This is the kind of knowledge that if you can build it up in the demographic of of women going through menopause or approaching it, uh, then that knowledge stays there and it stays within the family. It must be like it it has to be invaluable. So I I don't use this word lightly, but this is literally life changing stuff. Um, And, you know, for for us, what what does it mean in, in a time contribution? It means that you come to six 30 minute workshops where we where we teach you this information and you do a little bit of exercise but like if 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 I if I could if I could just show you the difference uh, from the last 20 years I've been in work of the people who do a little bit of movement and have this knowledge and use it practically in daily life to help themselves or the people who unfortunately don't know this stuff and aren't doing you know eating the right foods or doing specific movements when you track both of these types of people over time, by the time you get into your 60s and 70s, you're looking at two completely different people in terms of their health status, their mental health, their functionality for everyday life, their well-being, everything. It's completely different. Um, and the point is, like, you know, obviously I'm a scientist, so I could and I, and I love live and breathe what I do. And we could talk about this all day. But that's not the point of this. The point of this is for me to be really clear and concise and practical um, and the same for our nutritionist and all of our other specialists that work on this so that women can come have a cup of tea, sit down for half an hour, listen to a topic 
And you'll go home with a very, very practical toolkit that will fit into your day that can give you massive health benefits. And that's effectively what we specialize in. And that's the purpose of the course. So so invaluable and absolutely um, spread the word, share it with every single woman in your life. But the other side of it is like thinking about men, David, like, you know, how are men supposed to support something that they don't understand? Sure. So how, are, you know, and even women themselves will say to me after their first workshop, they will say to me, Diane, I had no clue that these things happen in menopause. I had no idea. So how are you supposed to support yourself or ask your loved ones to help you when you're struggling, when you don't even know what you're supporting? And that would be the big thing with this program. It's awareness and education. Yeah. And that knowledge as you say, then it empowers women to be able to maybe shape their own environment to help them out that little bit more into the future. Uh, Diane, it's been great talking to you about this. You must tell us then if uh, listeners at home uh, think that they are in the right time and place to engage with um, their menopause journey. Uh, how do they get involved with Menowell? Absolutely. So it's an online program. Um, so you can either look at the EduFit social media channels for the link, or you can look up the Leash Sports Partnership social media channels or contact us. So um, uh, contact either of our websites. We're, we're the two organisers or bodies for this. So either way, it's absolutely fine. And just to remind everyone, it's completely free. It's funded. Um, and the other big thing is it is a live programme, but we actually record everything so that it's available on demand to suit your schedule too, which is really important. OK, yeah, it sounds like it's really well tailored in that respect and um, great for the women of the Midlands who are listening uh, that they can avail of these, uh, this uh, free course. Uh, Dr. Diane Cooper, uh, much appreciate as ever you appearing on Health and Fitness with us this evening. Thanks so much, David. I really appreciate it. Thank you. The Menowell course starts on the 8th of November at 7 o'clock in the evening for the first workshop. People can sign up right until then. Health and Fitness with David Hollywoods. A doctor's bedside manner has always been considered to be an important part of the profession. Uh, but just how important is it for doctors to be kind to their patients? It's a topic that Dr. Murish Houston has been writing about in the Irish Times this week. I'm very glad to say he joins us on Health and Fitness uh, to look at this particular issue. Uh, Murish, thanks for taking our call. Uh, can I ask firstly what it was about this uh, topic and debate that attracted you to it? Um well, I, I, I teach um, medical students um, in Trinity College Dublin, so it's sort of something that uh, is close enough to um, my heart a, a lot of the time. But basically, what, what triggered this particular um, column was a column written by another doctor in the UK, for the British Medical Journal, uh, a woman called Dr. Margaret McCartney. And she basically... Um, pointed out that the General Medical Council over there had introduced a new guideline and it said, treating patients with kindness, compassion and respect can profoundly shape their experience of care. She then goes on to say she thinks that kindness is a word that has become weaponized. And she reckons that with all the stresses that doctors are under, you know, they, and, and, and they have to, I suppose, anyway, as part of the day-to-day work, sometimes, you know, disagree or challenge uh, patients then, um, you know, these things may be correct clinically, morally and ethically, but they risk causing complaints. And therefore, she thinks that kindness should be dropped from the GMC um, 
regulations. Okay, so and that's what prompted me to start writing about. <laughs> there's 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 two very um, well expressed sides to this discussion or this debate. Uh, talk to us about your perspective um, from your experience in in your profession and of course in your role as teaching as well. Well, I actually consider kindness to be um, a professional attribute. I think it's a key part of professionalism. And I think for a doctor to be professional, um, look, you can't measure kindness and we're not going to be, you know, saying, you know, was it, did he score nine or 9.5 out of 10 or whatever? <laughs> we're never going to be going there. But I do think that, you know, as part of giving care to someone, putting them at ease, um, you know, being kind, respectful, courteous, to me, that's uh, a big part of um, of a doctor's role and a doctor's job. So you see it as being an important uh, part of the work. Have you noted a change in the dynamic between patient and doctor uh, that might affect the use of kindness? Or as Dr. McCartney uh, referred to it as being weaponized in recent times, is that something that tallies with your experience? Well, to some extent, I think there's two sides to this. One is we know with social media in the last few years, um, people have become much freer in how they express themselves. And oftentimes, some of that expression that goes on social media, um, some people regard as over the top. But, but whatever sort of, um, what do we say, um, kind of criteria were around how we interact with each other, they do seem to have, um, you know, the, 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 the door has been opened to a slightly more robust uh, form of interaction. Then on the other hand, for doctors, there's the whole business of the amount of stress they're under. So the Medical Protection Society and they did a survey recently and it showed that a third of Irish doctors uh, said not being able to do the right thing for patients was actually affecting their, their, their mental health at the moment. So that's the other reality. Um, and it must be hard to practice um, when you don't have enough resources and you're in a dysfunctional system. And therefore, um, you know, which actually brings me to the... the, the um, the, 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 probably the most important point about all this, and that is we're talking about an interaction between two human beings. One, you, one human being has gone to the other for assistance. The other does have some professional expertise. But at the end of the day, it's two human beings trying to get on for the benefit of uh, both. And that's ultimately, I think, where the kindness for me comes in. And that maybe is the point to underline in relation to the story that you've uh, written or the the perspective you've put out there in the Irish Times is that whilst there might be professional obligation on one side for the doctor to be kind, if we take away the structures of professionalism and and what job one person might have or the other, uh, being kind to each other in any interaction is a foolproof way to go about life maybe. Well, I I wouldn't dare to... um try to be an expert on that but I think yes <laughs> if I'm at a degree yes I do think so that's that's very important yeah. um, I really appreciate you taking our call on health and fitness this evening uh, Mersh and it's uh, a interesting uh, kind of discourse that you got the ball rolling on over the course of this week with the, uh, the likes of Dr uh, McCartney's uh, Margaret McCartney's perspective as well and uh, certainly I hope that um, if indeed I am in front of a GP in the near future, uh, they'll be of your persuasion in that regard. Thanks again. Thank you. Be kind. It's a pretty simple message. Thanks to everyone who was involved in this week's health and fitness. We'll be back next week. Joe Cooney is coming up next with Country Roads after the news.